All right, great to see everybody out there. Not really see you. I can't see you because you're actually sitting or you're walking or you're laying down or you're doing laundry or you're making food or whatever it is. This is Deep Spirituality, and we're glad to have you join us. Now, if you made it to this podcast, seeing the title, The Insecure Teen, and you're an adult, don't worry. There'll be great stuff in there for you. But we are going to focus on teenagers, and we've got uh, we've got several participants in our a uh, wonderful uh, podcast today. Uh, Parker, Alexis, uh, Kiara, and Rhett are all joining us. And uh, let me ask this question to you guys right away. What did you think when you first saw the title or the theme of today, The Insecure Teen? I mean, I thought I still am an insecure teen. <laughs> like, I, I think I saw, because I just can see it as like, I even as I was looking through it and kind of preparing for it, I was like, Oh, man, like I a lot of the things that I was insecure as a teen is something that I feel like I still have to work through to this day. Um, Yeah. Did you know you were insecure about it when you were a teen or did you figure out you were insecure after? I think I mean, I think as a teen, I felt I felt like there was points where I was pretty aware, like, oh, man, like I'm insecure. I felt like oh, I'm not fitting in or different things that I was aware of. But as I was looking back, I was like, oh, there's a lot more. Yeah. And I even realized like, oh, that I did that because I was insecure, like that kind of thing. Yeah. No, I mean, I I definitely realized that I had insecurities, but I wouldn't really say I was insecure. I don't think I would have like if someone asked me, how are you doing? Do you feel or whatever? Not that people ask me, are you insecure? <laughs> but I, I just felt awful all the time. And I just felt like I needed to hold it together and keep what it together. What do you mean you felt awful? I just felt like I was pretending like I felt I felt like how did you know you were pretending like how did how do you know that because I think a lot of teenagers out there are trying to fit, you know they're going to be listening and what they need to know is how do I identify it how do I know what it is yeah. when do you first see it is when you like a boy and a boy doesn't like you you like a girl so the girl doesn't like you when you're when you're taking a test and you know other people may be smarter than you like how do yeah. you know. I mean, like when I'm quiet in class because I didn't want anybody to think that I was stupid or dumb. So I would I wouldn't even risk like saying the wrong thing. So I wouldn't raise my hands. I'm like, I just I'm just gonna be quiet because if people don't know, they're going to think maybe I'm smart. or I'm good enough. Um, same with like liking a guy. I never told my friends who I liked because one time in like seventh or eighth grade, I did tell my friend and but I was too shy to do anything about it. And then my friend like the next week started dating him because she knew oh. I was too shy to do anything oh. about it. I was like, never Real. again will I say this. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think for me, I think I had no idea that I was insecure like in high school or in middle school. But like yeah. looking back at it, I think the the only way I see it now is I had like what I did realize is I had so like I did so many weird things. Like I would just get so <laughs> mad at people and get like so sad and so afraid of like everything. I was afraid. I I didn't eat lunch at school all through middle school and high school because mm-hmm. I was so afraid if people saw that I ate weird or what I ate was weird yeah. or anything like that. And um, yeah, I think I just had so many things inside that that like were motivators for me to do weird things. I was just <laughs> so insecure. And even when you like say what is uh like in- thinking about insecurity make you feel like i instantly feel like like scared yeah, like tense. compact and like yeah. tense yeah like so stomach. stressed yeah. out and yeah. like, like everyone knows that feeling and like if what like- is it what does it feel like to be stressed out though like i think some kids will listen and they won't be able to necessarily relate because they need to know what does it actually physically feel like what does it mentally feel like to be stressed so that they know that they are experiencing that. Yeah. Um, well, I think stress is like, um, 
I think of stress as like really the opposite of like peace and calm. Uh-huh. Like I think of so yeah. few times in high school and in middle school when I was like actually calm. <laughs> um, like I, I can What's only it feel like when you're calm. Just not having like not having to worry about anything. I think the only the only thing I can think of is I really liked Kid Cudi when I was when I was in middle school and high school. And when I really only felt calm was when I was listening to his songs and kind of not thinking about anything else and not having to worry about anything else. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think for me, like the stress feeling reminds me of kind of similar, like lunch was always a hard time for me. Mm-hmm. Like I would walk up to my group and I'd instantly feel like nervous. Who yeah. am I going to talk to? What am I going to say? If we start talking and having a conversation, am I going to be able to carry that conversation? That's a girl. I don't have any idea what to talk to her about. <laughs> okay. That's my friend. Oh, but he's, you know, he has to leave early. What if they leave early? So there was times where I walk up and my friend, like I had like three or four close friends and then the rest of the kids in the group who I wasn't like that close with. And so I'd be super nervous all the time. And it was just like this, this, pit in my stomach you know mm-hmm. and so i'd pull out my phone and like yeah. pretend i was mm-hmm. texting or yeah. i had like a phone <laughs> yes, call or something to, to be yeah because i was like I'm okay so then i can now. like cut out in case there's an awkward lull in this conversation yeah. and then i don't have to it just felt really uncomfortable what's an awkward lull like any silence like it, it, it wasn't it <laughs> didn't all. yeah it yeah. was just if i if i couldn't ask a question or i couldn't answer their question or it had to like the conversation had to keep going the whole time mm-hmm. because i think I think I felt like, okay, if it's quiet, then they're going to be thinking more about me. You know, they're going to think about how I answered that or ask more questions that I don't know the answers to or something like that. So there's two questions that we want to really nail down in the podcast today about the insecure teen. What is insecurity and how does insecurity feel? Um, I think that um, even with all you guys have talked about, I think it's really important for teenagers that, well, it's important for everybody that Mm -hmm. you spell it out. And I know Rhett and Kara work with teenagers. One of the reasons why a lot of people working with teenagers are ineffective is because they talk in generalities and in vulnerabilities. So they're very general. Um, I feel stressed. I felt stressed like you feel stressed. That's general. Mm-hmm. Um, and they aren't vulnerable. They won't get specific. They won't say, I was stressed when I saw Fred at school my junior year I liked him or I saw Francine my junior year and I liked her. She walked by my locker. I got really nervous. I sweated under my armpits. I sweated in my forehead. I started to get a headache. I started to get like if you don't talk like that, then teenagers don't feel you're being vulnerable. And the lack of specificity being very specific makes it difficult for them to identify. Am I experiencing that? And one of the, you know, I worked with teenagers for a lot of years and still even even beyond the years, five years in a row just with teens. And then later on throughout my life, I worked with teens, me and my, my wife and I did. And and one of the one of the most consistent patterns I've seen is that people who work with teenagers don't want to be teenagers friends. To be someone's friend is to be very specific, to share the details of your life, because that's how they learn their emotions. That's how they learn how to identify what's happening to them. And so what we often do when we work with teenagers and campus students too is if you're even one or two years removed from from college or, or, or high school, the tendency is to be proud or to want to feel like you've gotten beyond that mm-hmm. and so you don't want to talk about it. So what Alexis talked about at the beginning is very important, which is being able to identify 
I still have these insecurities. I haven't beaten them. And instead of talking about them in the past tense, talking about them in the present tense. So let's just take a look here at one of the most important principles I think that we have to understand is insecurity from a spiritual point of view is seeing your need for God. It's it's a need for God. In Psalm 42, verse 1, it says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? So the initial question that I would have for you to answer sort of honestly and to think about someone who's 14, 15, 16, 13, 18, 19, all those are teenagers, 12-year-olds sometimes act like teenagers uh, because they're more mature at 12 than, than, than the average 12-year-old. Do any of you or have any of you in your life thought, oh, yeah, when I feel that, I forgot who said it. They said, it's just, I feel terrible when I'm insecure. Who's, uh, I said awful. Awful, yeah. yeah. Did, do any of you think when I feel that awful feeling of insecurity, that's my heart and my soul crying out for God, and then it makes you go to God? Have any of you had that experience, or is that a new concept for you? I mean, I think that's a completely new concept. I mean, you said it a couple of days ago I, I, in a talk that you gave, and I was like, I was just telling them right before we started recording this, I thought that was profound. Like <laughs> the idea that like insecurity is just like your like desire to be close to God and desire to have that relationship. Like I was talking with my roommates last night and I was like, do you guys like see like this is crazy because I was looking back in the, my own high school and like whatever middle school and all through that even now like everything that I have desires for and that I like work so hard to get, whether that's like a relationship, like a dating relationship or like good grades or all these Mm -hmm. things come from these desires to feel love, desires to feel like I'm worthy, desire to like all these things that are supposed to be fulfilled by my, like by a relationship with God. And I just had no idea, like no idea. I was like, I was asking them earlier. I was like, do people know this? (laughs) Like, is this something (laughs) that people realize? Well, you know, I, 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 I learned it examining myself yeah and i'd never thought of it until the day i talked well i thought of it the week before i talked about it um what about the rest of you yeah i i think i felt similar like i think i've uh so when i get anxious or insecure i think okay i need god but i don't think that the reason that i'm anxious and insecure is because of my need for god i guess Mm -hmm. like i woke up on sunday because i was supposed to give a talk and I was really, I woke up an hour before my alarm, even after the the whole spring forward and I, my stomach hurt and I was like kind of shaky and I was thinking about all the things I would say, the questions I would ask. And so I was like, okay, I need to pray right now. I need to read scriptures. And so I knew like, okay, I need God, but I, I guess I didn't take it deeper and go, okay, like what about God do I need um, that I'm like so afraid right now. So that's like super complicated. Yes. Right? Parker <laughs> was very streamlined. He was like, this is profound. The idea that when I'm insecure, that is, I'll put a word in there that he didn't use. That is my soul crying out for God. Mm-hmm. And so w- this is what I'm talking about with working with teenagers. Mm-hmm. If you're convoluted in the way you speak, mm-hmm. they don't hear a thing you're saying. Yeah. It's about, and most adults are like that. Yeah. It's about simplicity. When we don't have simplicity about our insecurity, why do you think that is? Why wouldn't we have the simplicity like Parker had to talk about our insecurity? Why do you think that is? 
I think we don't want to face it or yeah, acknowledge it. Like that's yeah. my thing. Yeah, like, we haven't so, dealt with it. Yeah. yeah, my my whole when you the first question you asked about what did you feel? I was like, oh man, now I have to like deal with this and face <laughs> this because I that was like. And so what you need to do is instead of feeling bad about that or negative about that, that's how every person between the ages of twelve and nineteen feels all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. they feel that all the time. You know, one of the I had a picture in a presentation I did on insecurity of, uh, but I never told people unless they'd seen the movie they wouldn't know it was from instant family and that's a great movie i mentioned it in a podcast before on insecurity that's a great movie to watch because what it does is it shows you the torture that a human being experiences when everything they would normally know family stability is taken away and it produces constant insecurity and if you watch the movie you'll see the older girl in the of the three kids who are adopted she goes through trauma emotionally all the time because she's trying to find stability. Um, a lot of times what happens is we drink, we take drugs, we smoke, and that is what we use to quench the thirst of the soul. Mm-hmm. And so many times when a person, say, becomes a Christian, they never deal with any of that. When yeah. they become a Christian, they deal with, wow, I did these bad things and I want to be forgiven. Mm-hmm. That doesn't even necessarily even get to the depth of the insecurity. And so what happens is when you're dealing with teenagers, I work with them from the night, it's really good because it's a humbling experience to have to go down deep and deal with your own issues. So let's just establish from the beginning that when a person's insecure, it's a thirst for God. And so what does that tell us about how we work with teens and how we should work with teens? I mean, I don't know. I, I think a lot of it, at least even just for me as a teen, I felt like my focus was on all these other things when really the focus is the insecurity. Like yeah. that's the root of it. Yeah. But I think I focus on like even, yeah, like, oh, no, like because I grew up going to church. So I'd be like, oh, no, I sinned. Like, oh, no, like I broke yeah. a rule, you know, but but. I think it can be easy to focus on all the results of the insecurity rather yeah. than like, okay, no, this is coming from, I mean, when I think of insecurity, I was thinking about like, what does that mean to me? And I think a lot of it is just this belief like, oh, I'm not good enough. And so what I do is to try to go, well, no, I am good enough. So I'm good enough in school or I can make yeah. friends or, yeah. you know, and so I think part of it is being like, okay, like that's the simplicity. So let's work the with root. that because that's a great yeah. concept. Am I good enough? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many of you guys felt that and tried to try to deal with that and get that get that bad feeling of I'm not good enough to go away? Man, all, oh, the yeah, all the time. What did you do? What did you do? <laughs> what did you do, Kiara? You haven't said anything for a little bit. What did you do? <laughs> uh, I mean, like, yeah, I never felt like good enough, but over like over like things like I'm not tall enough or or I'm not. Man, like, you say that nobody enough. can see you, but you say that in a strange way. I'm not super tall either. I played basketball and I was <laughs> never the tallest guy, obviously, on the team. But you say that like it's a strange thing to say that you felt insecure. They weren't tall enough. Well, because I did strange things because of it. <laughs> but do you feel like, that it's weird to be a person who says, I feel insecure that I'm not tall? Yeah. See, I <laughs> think part of the dilemma is when we yeah. as adults feel it's strange to say what we're insecure about, yeah. that prevents teenagers from feeling comfortable saying what they're insecure about. Yeah. So part of it is we have to be comfortable with, guess what? Our insecurities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> we have to be comfortable with that. You know, I grew up. In a in a in a in an environment, most of you know this, uh, that was uh, primarily white. I'm an African American, and so everybody had straight hair, and mm-hmm. so I always felt insecure because they'd always be talking about, "Do you comb your hair? Do you not comb your hair? This I comb my hair. I'm putting this gel in my hair. I'm doing this." And I did my hair totally different. It's a it's a it's a it seems like a dumb thing. Yeah. But when you're the only one like that, you're constantly feeling insecure about your hair and, and what it's like. If you're not aware of that as an adult working with teens then no teen can say to you, 
hey, I'm insecure about my hair. So when you start saying I'm insecure about my height, everybody gets to say I'm insecure about my height. If you yeah. say I'm insecure about being socially awkward because I'm not relatable yeah. and nobody mm-hmm. really likes being around me, <laughs> then they feel like, hey, that's how I feel. Yeah. They're in the midst. Teenagers are in the midst of trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Adults are supposed to give them an example of transparency yeah. that lets them go, oh, that's that's what I feel. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. yeah. So what other things? Okay, I felt and yeah, so I felt insecure about my height, my weight, my acne. Like I did, I was like super into that. So like, what did you do? Like, do? Like what did you do? Did uh, you, I mean, like like and, and everybody can jump in and say mm-hmm. what they did about mm-hmm. their thing. What did you yeah. do? Because okay, I did like what, what Alexa is talking about is we yeah. do things to yeah. alleviate that insecurity. Yeah. So like to actually like fix the insecurity. Like okay, so yeah, I mean, I did like weird like at home remedies for like my acne, like whether it's like baking soda or toothpaste one time. Um, like, well, that's an like, interesting. I know. I don't that's know where I read that. Like, I think I'm if like it hardens, like whatever, like then it'll like help it. Uh, or or with my okay, so the height thing that was that was a weird thing that I did. So I had like these fake Uggs because I couldn't afford Uggs. So I had these fake boots, and so okay. I would stuff them with like socks to like yeah. add like a little bit of height. But then <laughs> yeah. no one would know. Maybe super uncomfortable. Maybe walk funny. Like so, now, I you was, speak to teenagers a lot. Have you ever shared that? Uh, I did last week. Yeah, I yeah, was, yeah. I like, don't... And you got to remember to laugh when you share it because <laughs> if you don't laugh, it becomes tense. Yeah, yeah. And then the kids think. Oh no, that is really terrible. She's, she's saying Socks. she's saying Socks that she was insecure about it, but she's saying it in a way that makes me think, "Oh man!" And so, laughing at yourself and mm-hmm. making it laughable is what reduces the stress around it. Right? Yeah. You're smiling and thinking about something, but I have no uh, idea what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just thinking. Uh, I related with like the awkward and not. I felt like I just I had trouble connecting with people, and so I felt like I needed something. Like I was searching for this like thing that I could attach to whether it was I was the smartest or the athletic or the whatever and so I just got into like random things so I was really into like this hardcore metal music and dressed like emo people which was like that help uh, because then I, ha- I felt like I had like something that I was known for like uh, people could be like oh you're that guy you know and so it was identity. that and then it was like yeah. yeah and then it became like the frat guy or like the raver guy or the guy so you're, who did you're drugs. You're on a really or... important topic. And, and, you know, these are three of the questions that I hit in another t- uh, podcast about the three. They call them existential, meaning you literally can't exist if you don't answer these questions. Mm-hmm. They'll not exist in a healthy way. You know, who am I? Why am I here? And am I worthy of being loved? Those three things. Who am I as identity? Why am I here as purpose? And am I worthy of being loved is how you get to intimacy, which is ultimately the thing we want more than anything else mm-hmm. is the sense of intimacy. But you just hit that identity part, right? And mm-hmm. everybody was saying that. That So so would would you say that then most teenagers are trying to find an identity? Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I was just talking to a teen yesterday. Um, we sat down and, and I asked him that question like, hey, who are you? And he was like, I have no idea. And I have no idea how to even answer that question, you know? And it com- constantly comes up when you talk to them of like, mm. no, I don't know. And that's usually why they actually want to talk to, to us because they want to know, well, do you know who you are? Like, yeah. how do I figure that out? Like, yeah. I think they desperately want to know. Like, yeah. I felt like for me, like that when it was, okay, what is insecurity? Like, I feel like it's that feeling like, okay, I, don't, I can't be myself because I don't mm-hmm. know who I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, I I feel like all throughout high school I had, and still can be this, like I had this fear, the insecurity that I'm not good enough was this like who I am isn't good enough. So I have to be like what everyone wants me to be. Yeah. Like yeah. I have to like kind of like kind of like a chameleon, like I have to like fit in wherever I am. Yeah. Because like, I mean, the weird thing that I did in high school was I like, <laughs> like ranked popularity. Like I'd be like 
oh, well, I'm friends with that person and they go to parties. So that means that I'm popular, like by osmosis or something yeah. like association. Then, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd be like, oh, well, that person's not friends. So they're less popular than me. So I had this whole like hierarchy in my head. Sure. And so but I, I think that was something that like I felt like I had to like. Whatever someone was talking about, I'd be like, yeah, like, I totally know what you're talking about, even if I didn't. Yeah. You know, like, when, when, when you did that, and, and obviously I'm going to ask you to think about teenagers and talk to teenagers, mm. do you think it's possible that sometimes, whether it's inside a church or it's in a public school or a private school, that, that people are constantly ranking even now that teenagers do that, and therefore mm-hmm. they may decide, I don't want to be friends with someone because they don't increase my popularity? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I think that happens. I mean, I think that because... I mean, because it is a, this very, like, you're not even thinking about, like, I don't know. I feel like it's very, like, self-consumed, yeah. you know? And so you're just kind of, like, like all that matters is, like, how I look and where I rank or whatever. Would that mean you know? that it's so. possible? And, Parker, you can jump in on this if you have a thought. Uh, does that mean that it's possible that, in many ways, the friendships amongst teenagers can be dangerously focused on how does it help me look a certain way or how does it help me uh uh, be accepted a certain way so that I guess what I'm trying to say is can people end up dumping friends because they don't think that friend gives them any advantages? Yeah. Oh man, totally. I, so I went to middle school uh, from the transition from middle school to high school. I like, it was, uh, I didn't go to the high school I was planned to go do cause mm-hmm. I, I don't remember why, but, but I only had like five people from my middle school that went to my high school and I was actually friends with them. But in middle school, I was really like not, like like not popular not a lot of people knew me and I was kind of friends with a couple of the people but they were like we were really not the popular crowd and I remember going to high school and because of playing sports and like I played football and baseball I knew some of the popular kids and I didn't realize this at the time but I made a conscious decision to not hang out with the people I was like friends with Mm -hmm. in middle school at all because they were not cool and they were not popular Mm -hmm. and just to hang out with the um whatever the kids that were popular there and what ended up happening is like I felt completely alone because I felt like I wow I I don't think I I understood this at the time I definitely didn't understand that I was alone um but I was not like I didn't have any friendships that were real because it was all based Mm -hmm. on like football or baseball or something like that which ended up like going back to the sense of identity I got injured my fresh my sophomore year and I couldn't my whole life was about football and I got injured and I couldn't play football after my sophomore year and I completely lost my sense of identity and when you lose something like that and you don't go to like practices every day you lose those friends Mm. yeah Yeah. and I mean I was totally also didn't realize this but completely lost my sense of identity especially being the youngest of, of I have two older brothers who are like excel in school and in sports and I was like this was like supposed to be my thing. Like this is supposed to be what I was good at. And it completely taken away from me. And Mm -hmm. I was like, literally did not, had no idea of this at the time, but was completely lost and had no like vision of who I am and like, what am I supposed to do? Mm -hmm. So I felt completely unworthy and kind of went off on a tangent, but that's no, you didn't go off on a tangent because I think it was really important. I think you said two things that I think I want to see. There's kids out there and, and you know, Rhett and Kara work with teens. We got to make sure they listen to this that you guys are talking about because what you basically said is that when I went from middle school to high school, I decided not to have those. I didn't. I didn't want to have those particular friends I had before because I was now and I remember you were a stud as a quarterback, (laughs) and so you did not want to associate with these people that would pull down, pull you down, hold you back, and prevent you from being able to enter into that. You know Mm -hmm. that that great moment we all feel in adolescence (laughs) where I'm about to be king of the hill. Uh 
there's some kids out there and I think there's kids around who feel like the people you left behind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I don't know that we always have compassion on them, nor do we try to make sure that those kids who've been left behind get friends. I have, you know, as you know, I have kids with special needs. And so one of my goals was to make sure they would have friends throughout high school. And we were very successful at that. But I, I, I think sometimes kids that are typical, we end up leaving them alone and letting them be by themselves and Mm -hmm. letting them get left behind instead of pulling aside people and saying, you know, you don't need to leave this kid behind. He's going to be a friend for you for life. And, and, and sometimes what we do is we do in our, we, we allow to happen to teenagers what happened to us Mm. and we don't have any compassion. Mm -hmm. We felt left behind. We felt on the outside in high school. And instead of surfacing that pain Mm -hmm. and sharing that pain with the teenagers, we hide that pain and then have no compassion on the kids who get left out. Yeah. This has been a good podcast and it really has done a good job of talking about how does insecurity feel as well as what insecurity is. And we're going to leave you with a scripture in Psalm 42 verse five. Why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. Disturbances are being disturbed is what we've talked about today. And there's a lot of different ways people can feel disturbed about how they look, how they feel around people being left out. Uh, having a loss of the thing that made you have an identity or feel great about yourself. But make sure you have conversations with your parents, with uh, uh, teen leaders or Y leaders. If you're out in the Bay Area, uh, that's what we call them. Uh, Make sure you have conversations with your friends and make sure you give input to the people who lead. If you go to church that lead your devotionals on Fridays or uh, that if you have times where you get to get together with people and sort of a, a mentorship time, make sure you talk about the things that you feel insecure about, what you're going through, and then ask them to share their stories with you because it'll help you know that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. We'll be having more of these for uh, the Insecure Teen, but that wraps it up for today. Hope you have an awesome time and share this podcast with other teenagers so they can get involved and get in on the big victories that can occur when you conquer insecurity.